This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? It's Sean Ross F, but I'm the one speaking. Uh, but I am joined by Sean and Alex today. It is June 3rd. We are coming to you live with our AEW Rampage and SmackDown post show brought to you by NordVPN and Bluetooth, as always. We it's, have just, it's, just Nord. it's just Nord tonight. We ain't got, we oh, ain't got the winner. You said Nord and someone else when I asked you. So I eh, Well, not there. that. Not that. We'll tell you about NordVPN later, though. But. Well, I, I take it back. Sean and I are both rock and white t-shirts with little pockets going on. We are twinsies. We're also no. joined by Alex again because, you know, he, he had some hot takes last time on Smart Mark and I'm making him defend them here again tonight. But Sean is jumping in uh, to talk about the CM Punk news, obviously. Some huge news. Obviously, as a CM Punk mark, I am also devastated. But there was a little bit of confusion on uh, commentary with whether the title was vacated. We just got some clarity around it. Very glad to have Sean here. So get in your super chats and get in your humper chats and get in those CM Punk ones now because... Sean's not gonna be here the whole time. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the flight. I'm gonna watch the flight attendant first off. I want to say, uh, good, good to be on here with you, Alex. Very, very awesome. But guys, get in your super chats, get in your humper chats, uh, and we'll talk about them on the air. But I mean, that's the big story. CM Punk had uh, posted a tweet that he was going to address the AEW Championship and his career on Rampage, and of course. You fear the worst immediately. Alex, what what were your thoughts when you saw that tweet? Yeah, so I originally hit up Kate and I was like, this has to be something to do with his injury because he came down pretty hard um, when he took that misstep off that top rope. So I was just like, this has to do something with his foot. Yeah, so immediately I reached out to people and I had been told that like he went into that match and he wasn't feeling great. Now, I'm not talking about like by the like before, before the match, just by the time he was in the ring, and I was specifically told that spot that you mentioned uh, was one that he was talking about. And somebody uh, said that backstage he was discussing a foot injury of some sort. Now, I don't know the specific injury in question, but I mean, Punk did say he's he's one wheel down, so to speak. But uh, there was some confusion there. But uh, I reported that I had heard about this foot injury. We didn't know exactly what that meant, but Punk came out. And this is what we'll lead with. And uh, much like the MJF stuff, much like Sasha and Naomi, things like that that are that kind of consume the general interest. Uh, this is something that you guys can talk about all throughout the show. But Shot Kid says, so I think tonight's match Jericho needs to be taken off commentary. He wouldn't stop screaming relinquish, but only which only added to the initial confusion. I posted a tweet based on that. It got 500 retweets before it got cleared up. I'm like, what the hell? But, Kate, as we know now, the title isn't relinquished, but we'll get to it. He comes out and he says, um, I said I was going to do this until the wheels fell off, and I got some bad news. I'm hurt, 
but the wheel's not falling off. I'm putting it back on. I'm going to come back here. I'm going to keep wrestling. Kate, I definitely feared like maybe he got to that title and he's hurt. And now he's like, is it worth it type of thing? I'm very happy that's not the case, Kate. Yeah, I when somebody says they're addressing their career, like I thought this whole thing could have been set up for a heel turn or we could have been getting the worst case scenario. Little peek behind the curtain. I texted Sean and was like, am I going to cry? Do you know what this is? Because uh, I am so excited about this CM Punk run. But um, it sounds like surgery is never a good thing because I feel like you don't fully know what you're up against until you're in there. But if they're doing an interim championship, one, I think it could make for a really compelling story if they don't go. Like, I didn't feel like Sammy and Cody was necessarily the situation because he was out for like yes. six weeks. But somebody being out a few months, if they put the interim title on Hangman or on Eddie or on MJF, like that could look really, really interesting um, when he comes back. Like there's so oh. many st stories that are already sorted there. So Cody missed uh, like a show when they did one. So, I mean, the surgery <laughs> makes a lot more sense uh, doing one. But I mean, in, in that, Alex, in that promo, Punk said, I wanted to come out here and relinquish the title. Tony Khan said it's just a speed bump. Now, he didn't announce this. It was announced kind of hastily on commentary following in the following match. There's going to be a match. Uh, it'll be Battle Royal. I, I, let me make sure I got this clear, because even that was a little bit confusing. But they said he has not relinquished the title. Now, this is after Jericho said it twice. W were you at this level of confusion, too, just watching on the air? I think Jericho's just on a whole another level by himself. I, I, if he's gonna have a, he he's on that mic. He doesn't have an earpiece. He's nobody's feeding anything to him. He's just gonna say whatever he says. But I was telling Kate that as well, Sean, that they did put that graphic down in the corner stating that he will be. Uh, there will be a battle royal next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, yes. Yeah, and then that will lead to uh, the winner of that will face John Moxley at Forbidden Door for the interim AEW Championship. Because John yes. Moxley is number one contender, right? Correct. Or like number one ranked. So that makes sense. Man, they could have a lot of fun with that with everything going on with Blackpool Combat Club right now. There's a lot of directions you can go. So um, what does this mean for the Tanahashi match? I think is something that like kind of bums me out. Like, uh, and, yeah, um, I mean, Forbidden Door is like around the corner. So that's kind of rough. And it's oh, worth noting, Dominion is like four days after Dynamite. So how many New Japan wrestlers will even be there? Because, I mean, ideally what you could do is just have Tanahashi come in and win that Battle Royal. And that would make it a whole lot of sense. Moxley's wanted to face uh, Tanahashi for a while. And for, for the Forbidden Door show, it makes an awful lot of sense to do that. And you've got, I think, Okada and Jay White set for Dominion. Uh, Jake says, I wish MJF would win, but oh, well, I mean, that, that could be a, a big piece of heat right now, but I mean, this shows you how quickly the news cycle goes because almost nobody was talking about MJF for the first time in a full week. It's just, it, it's wild. Uh, get in your super chats, get in your humper chats, guys. You would greatly appreciate it. We want to hear what you guys have to say and what you all want. Uh, Alex, who who do you think wins this thing without even knowing it? Oh man, I I feel like I'm out there, man. I have no idea. This really has because you just said Tanahashi could come in, and what what kind of you know fight would that be at uh, Forbidden Door if if he does come in and surprise everyone and wins that battle royale? It'll be cool. But like you mentioned, it, it, they're gonna go maybe 
through the safe side and do something maybe with with John Moxley again. So even as I look at the graphic, it says the winner of the battle royal at Dynamite will face number one contender John Moxley in the main event. So in in the main event of Dynamite for a shot at the interim AEW World Championship at Forbidden Door. So like. This is unclear. <laughs> this is still unclear to me. <laughs> Which is not great because they've had at least two days to map it out. I will say Punk botching those two buckshot lariats at the pay-per-view. And then on Wednesday, he did not look good. Um, I'm not totally surprised to hear that he's injured. It is a bummer that this happened right after he won. Um, but I feel like you play out some stuff in the Blackpool Combat Club. Right? Why not? Like, if you're already saying John Moxley's there, people in the chat were correcting me that Moxley was not number one ranked. I didn't think so. I hate the rankings, and I know they're just a heat chart now, but like sometimes that means number one contender, sometimes not. Um, I think Wardlow might be at the top of the list. I don't know. Um, but I feel like I feel like it'll be somebody from AEW because I think right now there would be hell to pay if it wasn't. <laughs> and I think you just don't want to risk it with um, Dominion and all of the New Japan events that are coming up. Like let Forbidden Door be kind of the super show that it looks like it's positioning itself to be. And that could be great. I think it would be really fun to have like Moxley versus Kingston or, or something along those lines. But Sean, are you trying to figure out I'm, what it is? I'm just deleting my tweet. That's what I'm doing because they <laughs> they made the, they didn't make this shit clear. So I'm not even I'm not even posting. I'm tired of people being confused because of because of me because of them. Shot Kid says Battle Royal opens next Wednesday. Faces Mox in the main event of the same show. They will then face Tanahashi or whoever from New Japan at Forbidden Door. Yeah, but I mean they didn't say Tanahashi or whoever. That's the thing. They didn't say him, or else that would have clarified that an awful lot. Uh, Manuel says Mox was number four in 0601 rank. Wardlow was one, Cole two, page three. Yeah, that I mean, that is uh, that is something that that you got to look at and say, well, I mean, will they go right back to Hangman? Surely not, but I guess Sean, anything's possible. I would say throw the top 20 in there. And let them just all face each other, right? Sure. The, if you're going to go by ranking, then why don't you just throw all like top 10 or yeah. whatever? I don't know how many they want to throw in there. But do you feel, Sean, that it's going to be, and I was talking to Kate about this, do you feel it's going to be, you know, he mentioned two ex-WWE guys in, uh, that could be champion, that could hold that championship belt, uh, Punk did, uh, with Moxley and Danielson. Do you think that maybe they should push some homegrown town, someone like maybe bring in Hobbs, split him up with with, uh, with Ricky Starks and, and kind of like, Strap a rocket on him at least, at least for, to see how the crowd reacts while he's getting surgery. <sighs> Mox is like Mox seems like a no brainer, but I mean he is so involved with the BCC thing. But damn man, it, it you hate to see that they were put in this position because clearly they had big plans. I mean they could, I mean my God they could hot shot it to MJF, but I don't think they're gonna. I think they're gonna ride out. Whatever this has become, and by the way, there's some more juicy details to emerge from that based on some stuff I've heard. Um, Where can I find out about that, Sean? I mean, I mean, legitimately, FightfulSelect.com, but honestly, Cassidy from BodySlam.net has learned some <laughs> juicy shit, too. We had a good conversation last night about it. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's sitting on a scoop. I mean, I'd love to brag about Fightful Select, but... Um, Fightful Select, you say? For $5 yeah. a month? <laughs> yeah, uh, Jake uh, says... 
Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean Thanks, to. Kate. You said I was hosting. Jake Salazar says, yay, another ex-WWE guy. I don't, I don't get the reference. But um, Dante says, easiest interim chance. I swear to God, Kate. I wanted to address this because it was rude, and I wanted to dunk on DJ Page for saying this. The okay. rankings mean that anyone from the top five can compete from the belt, just like boxing and MMA. How does nobody get this? Because sometimes it's the number one person, and they treat it like it's always the number one person. Other times they don't. Also, quit not clapping, everybody please. watches boxing and <laughs> what'd you say? Please quit clapping. It's terrible audio. <laughs> I please please stop doing that. Man. Not everybody oh, watches. She's I, I very know. passionate tonight. I Evidently, hate yeah. The ranking so much. And CM Punk's my favorite wrestler. Leave me alone. <laughs> Ryan Sullivan says pretty sure AEW's goal tonight was to confuse fans. Well, it certainly confused the hell out of me. Uh, I was confused as all hell. And I, after this, I'm just logging off. Ken Shiro says, it really sucks we're not getting Mox Tanahashi at Forbidden Door. And then a finger curls on the monkey's paw. Oh, man. <laughs> in Simmons says, I'd put Tanahashi in the Battle Royal and have him win. Him and Moxley just had that badass U.S. championship match. They can build off of that or Miro. Um, and j- yeah, I, I think... Well, it's it's a lot more unpredictable to me knowing that the winner faces Mox in the main event of Dynamite because I think Mox is is winning that, Kate. That's fair. I mean, that's a safe bet. So they're gonna have they're gonna have the winner wrestle twice. So the the advantage automatically goes, yeah, to the wrestler who's been sitting there for two hours chilling in the back. Sure. I mean, I do understand that they're like, okay, well, he Mox was the top contender, so he earned that. So I don't mind that as much, but I would like to know, like, maybe they do something at Dominion. Ah, they can't do something at Dominion because they've already got the card booked out. But, I mean, they could do something at a show and determine a top contender for the AEW title. And I think that'd be a lot of fun. And, and it would give people an incentive to kind of cross over and check out New Japan World. Bry Harper says, Mox Kingston for the title. Keep up the good work. I don't know if we're going there. But uh, Ryan clarifies the winner up, uh, faces Mox on Dynamite to go to Forbidden Door for the title. Uh, Padriac says, won't happen, but I'd love to see it won by Okada or White at uh, Forbidden Door with Danielson and maybe a few others entering the G1 to get it back. That would rule. Alex, that is a, a very fascinating aspect to this is that that could happen, but I don't know if... If somebody was going to take it to Japan, I don't know if they'd do an interim title, but maybe that's the wrench they throw into all this. That's where I was like I was talking to Kate before. I was just like I don't I don't know. Like are they really is, does he really trust this um relationship with New Japan that much that he'll say, "Hey, uh, I'm going to give you the belt. Let's see what we can do with it um outside of the brand here." And not for nothing. You have an injured champion. Do you want one that you could also run the possibility of our interim champ has COVID from international travel is still a possibility, yeah. though. Can well. we have two interim champions so we have another <laughs> battle royale so <laughs> we can have the interim interim? Uh, so, I mean, like, I'm kind of used to this because of MMA, and MMA really jumps the gun. They're like, this guy sneezed, interim title. Like, that's it. Oh, this fight can't get booked next month. Interim title. Uh, Joel Woods said that I just said to hell with it. I'm so confused. Me too, man. I was so, I was so confused. And Jake says, now's your chance, coward. Tony Keith Lee. I don't think it's going to be him. 
John no, Hayes is, is an interesting possibility just because you have these seeds of dissension within Blackpool Combat Club and LAX 2.0, right? And you have this great story out there with him and Punk, depending on how long Punk is out. And everybody loves Eddie. Like you could put an interim title on him and he could do a promo basically reiterating what Hangman was saying of like, I told you who this guy really is. You're about to find out. And they could have another really, really, really great match because their first one wasn't even really a pro wrestling match. That was just two guys beating the hell out of each other. Eddie is a really interesting possibility for a short, like short-term solution because he's over like Rover and there is a feud that is still sitting out there. Uh, somebody asks if uh, they should hot, hot shot hot shot Wardlow. Hmm. Uh, I mean, that'd be a good way to get his heat back after kind of MJF stole a bunch of it this week. <laughs> and moon man, Ed says no summer of punk pain. I got Adam Cole winning the battle Royal. This would be a good opportunity for them to kind of put one of the ti- the title on one of those guys that came in the Danielsons, the Cole that, that didn't quite reach there, but also, Firmly solidify them at the top of the card as if they weren't already, Alex. Yeah, I don't, oh man, it's just so hard because I there's so many that I would love to see go in there. And uh, number one, I would love it, wouldn't tarnish the, the lineage of who has held the belt if Eddie Kingston holds it for a while, you know? Yeah, it's the whole title of interim, right? But it's still, you're still a champion. Yeah, I think it'll be cool to see him walk around, you know, defending it and. Beating the hell out of guys, just being a street thug. I love him, you know. <laughs> Sir Brindo says, "Sounds like everything is clear as mud." Yeah, it certainly was for me. <laughs> Jake says they lost all excitement for wrestling, and Bry says, "I think Moxley is a safe bet for the AEW title. I think he is a safe bet for it." But honestly, I think there's a lot of safe bets that you could go with. I think for especially because it's an interim title, Kate. I think there are a lot of good opportunities uh, there. And Ryan uh, says, can anybody ask or explain to me why Mox gets an automatic buy when Wardlow and Adam Cole were higher than him in the rankings? It should be either one of them. It, it was so confusing. When they said number one contender, I thought I figured he was the number one rank, Kate. I don't pay attention to those rankings. Yeah, because as I said before, they're trash. Wow. <laughs> Hot they, they have changed them to a power rankings thing, which I like because – more than not liking the rankings, I didn't like being half in and half out on them. Sometimes they mattered, sometimes they didn't. But number one contender, to me, still reads as number one ranked. So if there's people ahead of you in line, like if there's people with more wins than you, that should indicate that they would have a shot first. But, I mean, Cole already had two title shots, so I can kind of understand that. I, I think the only way to clear this up is if I just maybe phone in Tony Khan right now and just have him come on the on the podcast and ask him, yeah. right? I think, yeah. Uh (laughs) Now, there's there's a super chat I wanted to address, which I've addressed multiple times, but I still will. James says, been listening to Brian and Dave the past few. What's your all's take on the point? There's a big risk of making the promotion a villain in the storyline as the MJF story has a risk of doing. Uh, I First off, I want to say, in the Observer today, our report was misrepresented. I never reported that MJF bought a plane ticket. I said that there was one. In his name, it was booked. Again, Kate, proofiest proof that ever proved. Uh, like I think a dozen media members have seen that by now. Uh, he did no show the meet and greet. Uh, that was absolutely not a work. I was I, I want to say about ninety nine point five percent confirmed 
to the point to where they almost had somebody knock down his hotel room door because they were very concerned about him. Um, I was told that there were people involved in that situation that absolutely could not, should not have been worked there. Uh, so I wanted to clarify that again. Um, again, flight, not a work. The meet and greet, not a work. As far as anything else, hey, I don't know what kind of conversation or agreement they had. But yes, I do think the promotion does have the risk of becoming a villain because the WWE guys coming in has been one of the constant criticisms, whether it's in good faith or bad faith, who the hell knows. But I mean, that is a popular talking point. And a lot of the things in which CM Punk brought up in that pipe bomb promo that made the company the villain were things that were common criticisms as well. So I think that especially in that Brian and Dave are, are absolutely right that it does run the risk of making the promotion a villain and maybe even Tony to a degree. So, um, man, there's, there's, there, there's a lot at play here for sure. In general, I think authority figures, well, I don't like authority figures on screen, but like as faces is the most boring thing in the world. Nobody wants to like their boss, except for me. I love Sean, mm. but in general, nobody likes their boss. <laughs> like that's, Man. that's kind of boring and unrealistic. So there's definitely, in my estimation, a possibility of that. Guys, get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. I'm still here for a little bit. Uh, Alan Mark says, Punk already called this Mox versus Danielson Wednesday. That'd be a hell of a close for Dynamite right there. And Mark Quill says, Kate for interim AEW world champion. Well, I mean, I she'll take it to all those... She'll take it overseas and defend it at all those Joshi promotions that she covers. And on the Jericho cruise. How about that, pal? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, it sounds horrible. <laughs> Matthew S. says Danielson versus Moxley for the interim uh, title has story potential in its own right. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely, it does. Sawyer says that nobody gets the rankings because AEW never explains it and it's never consistent. Well, I mean, if I've been a part of rankings panels in the past, and let me tell you, they don't make much sense in general, even when you've got it down to like a science, there are some places like fightmatrix.com that have like a, a, an actual mathematical formula as well. AEW ain't going to do that. It's scripted pro wrestling. It's just, to me, if somebody's riding a bunch of, of wins or they win a battle royal or a tournament to get that title, I'm fine with that. Nerd Guru says, all I got to say is the get back will be stronger than the setback. We waited seven years. We can wait a little longer. Get well soon, Punk. Put that title on Moxley. Dude is red, red hot. Alex, it seems like everybody is like on the Mox train. Like everybody's just like, do it. Let's rock with it. Yeah, especially since he's had his little redemption tour, you know, of coming back and, you know, being being a little bit more level headed and I you know white eyes wide open. So maybe, maybe this is maybe this is the way it goes. Did you see that tweet that they posted on uh AW on TV? No, I didn't. Yeah, so the, the only thing they wrote was that uh, the Battle Royale winner will face John Moxley for a shot at the interim world championship. Um, <laughs> and then they put a graphic underneath with different wording that said interim AEW world champion will be crowned at Forbidden Door due to an injury to CM Punk. Good God. Do you remember? Um, God, I wish I could remember what it was. It was in the early days of AEW, but it was... It was like a qualifying match to get in for an opportunity at the tournament or something like that. It was so confusing, and everybody was like, why? Why do we need this? 
Dante says, easiest interim champs. Danielson mocks Cole. Hold off with MJF or Wardlow. Have the story restored when Punk returns. Well, I mean, I, I do think there's absolutely a story in Wardlow winning that interim title because Punk beat him, but Wardlow beat the fuck out of him. I mean, like squashed him before that happened. So that could be good too. Luis is in here saying, sending you all some love. Uh, my pick uh, for AEW champ is Maki Ito. JK, it's Penta. <laughs> you saw Kate's ears perk up there. She's like, ooh, Joe, What? What? Dante says, I got skipped because Kate interrupted Sean. He'll turn. Here's another five for Sean, not Kate. Good. I'm keeping it. Sean's going to let me interrupt you more if you guys keep sending money. I'm just letting you I know. I will. I will. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I'm here to drum up those super chats, my friends. So keep sending them in. Biff says, great built-in story here with Mox being the interim champ and having Eddie try to convince him that Punk is a dirtbag when he's healthy. I love that idea. That is a brilliant idea. They... You can make chicken salad out of chicken shit. I mean, you, you can do it. Uh, Eddie, Have you rebate. ever done it in a literal sense? No, but I do eat chicken salads from vinaigrette salad. Please sponsor me vinaigrette salad uh, like every other day. <laughs> Eddie Uribe says possibility MJF is in the battle royal and wins it. That would be a big hot shotting of this situation. I can tell you based on our numbers and based on AEW's numbers, I would not do that if I were Tony Khan, MJF, or anybody. What they've got going, I'm I'm pretty sure that since Monday it's been a work, and they should rock with what they got going right now. I will say this: um, I've, I've talked to probably a dozen people this weekend. There was only one person that's like, I think it's a work, and I think it's been a work the whole time. And today they called me and talked to me for about an hour, and they said. I was wrong. <laughs> so that was a fun conversation. That was a very fun conversation because they were like, what do you know? Because what I have known has been wrong. <laughs> um, but Jake says, does this make MJF the biggest draw now? I mean, I guess from a statistical standpoint, you could argue that. I would, I, you got to put Brian Danielson up there though. And Ronald says, this whole interim AEW championship situation, I picture Kenny Mayne and Dan Patrick explaining the way, like in basketball. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and, we got deep into this show, Kate, and I was still very confused. Yes, that is true. I had in my head um, Charlie explaining Carol and HR for you It's Always Sunny fans with the father red string and there is no Carol in HR. That's where my head was. I just feel like they're not going to go and put that match on dynamite. I could be 10 billion percent wrong, but you know, you mean the, the, yeah, yeah. I I think you're right. Somebody (laughs) says the champ should be sting. Why the heck not? Uh, well, cause he's injured. Unfortunately, uh, Scott says, wait, didn't it say mock versus battle Royal that winner that night, the winner going to forbidden door, assuming it's against Tanahashi. Buddy, I'm not assuming shit at this point. <laughs> no way. I'm not assuming anything. Mark says, watching it back, Excalibur did clarify at the last moment that it's a battle royal winner versus Mox to go to Forbidden Door against Tanahashi. So is it... Ta- wait, wait, they didn't say Tanahashi, did they? They said... Oh, God. And he says, so is it Tanahashi or the winner of that main event? They do say Tanahashi. It just flew by in an Excalibur speed run. 
Man, what the hell? I think I have to watch that back because I didn't, I did not hear that. He reads that like legal copy at the end of a commercial. The way he talks, he's like, "Zero percent down financing." Blah, blah, blah. Listen, I ain't tweeting anything. Uh, Joel Wood says Punk made the pipe bomb as a heel and turned it babyface, which he was the rest of the year. I feel the same is going to happen with MJF. Joel, I think that's a very good point, and his work is undeniable. And there were a whole lot of people that swore up and down, MJF can't work. He's he's the Miz. And then the Darby Allen match happened, and they went, oh, shit. I guess he can work. Well, surprise, he could always work. He just hasn't needed to. I remember Will saying on Grapsity, he thinks part of the reason MJF wrestles so infrequently is because he is very good, and they don't want people getting on his side. Yeah. And I that is a hell of a call. That makes so much sense, because... He's fantastic in the ring. People really, really underestimate how fundamentally sound he is. Big thumbs up to our friends at Grapsity. Tune in tomorrow at noon. Leave us a thumbs up on this video too, by the way. Big I know I'm I'm just delaying this show longer and longer, but you guys keep sending in money. Biff says, um, <laughs> actually, Corey Bradley says to put the belt on Miro. He'd be great. I mean, I, I love Miro. I think he's wonderful. I think he's fantastic. I ain't never going to be like, no, don't put the title on Miro. I think he rules. So shot kid says TBH. I'd rather be confused over the AEW title situation than pissed after reading the IC title matches, not on a pay-per-view. Oh, sorry. I mean the PLE tune into our hell in a cell review this Sunday. Myself and tune in the one to behind the paywall for me and Alex. Cause buddy, that's going to be a barn burner of sourness. Thank you guys for helping us break our Fightful Select record last week, by the way. Um, made me very happy. Um, it was, I thought this summer was going to be a down summer, but you guys came out. Obviously, MJF, uh, being MJF, helped that out quite a bit. But Shout out to Max. <laughs> so, so did the reporting, so we appreciate it. Shot Kid says, realized if Mox wins, he could finally get the rain he should have gotten if not for COVID. Quite possibly, yeah. We don't, we don't know how long punk is out we don't know if he had like a small injury or if like he's getting his foot sewn back on or whatever was mox always go ahead i was just gonna say that's a big part of it to me like if it's like two months i say give it to eddie kingston and just have him go calling people out if it's like four months i don't know if you want to do that bry harper says was mox always going to face punk for the title not i mean that wasn't the plan at forbidden door obviously um James Boris says, I missed the interview you recommended of MJF out of character from a few years ago. Can you repeat it? Yeah, it was Egos Amigos, uh, Ethan Page and Ricky Shane Page. And it's fascinating uh, throughout the beginning of the interview. MJF is showing them his high school football stuff. And yeah, it's it's really, really good stuff. Anybody that, that claims that MJF is 100% always in character has never spoken to MJF out of character. Uh, it's just just not true. There's also um, a good one with him on uh, Butcher and Blades podcast too, where he's out of character. It is really, really good. Matthew Plus has put the belt on Johnny Elite. That is not <laughs> happening. No. <laughs> Grant says the interim title bout is at Forbidden Door. Battle Royal winner versus John Moxley. No, no, no. I don't think so, buddy. No, stop that. It's GCW winner of the Battle Royal, Sean Ross Sapp mm-hmm. versus. Tanahashi. Wow, that was for AEW champion. <laughs> I'm gonna need five dollars <laughs> from each one of you right now. We have fun. 
<laughs> I almost got booked for that uh, WES gimmick. Well, I, I won't say I won't say almost. They wanted me to. They I, I ain't doing that. Um, Eloquence says the ranking is just a mechanism to make sure contenders are protected and winning matches doesn't need to be any more complex than that. I agree. As long as winners are in those rankings and that title shot goes to somebody who either is on a winning streak or, you know, if they win a battle royal that 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 justifies that or stipulates that, I'm I'm cool with it. It's the half in, half out part that used to bug me. It's sometimes it meant that and sometimes it didn't. It drove me crazy. Hashes <laughs> redacted. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna agree. Just throw them all in the ring, Kate. Just have everyone just come in. <laughs> Uh, Matt says, I know this likely won't happen. It'd be kind of cool to have Tanahashi win the interim title at Forbidden Door since this is an impromptu champion anyway. Would be a good shock and then can still have Punk Tanahashi down the road. I would be completely on board with putting it on a New Japan star. And then we got Marco saying Wardlow's too hot to not capitalize on have him clean house in the Battle Royal, beat Mox at Forbidden Door. Um, As fascinating as I find the MJF stuff, I mean, mainly because I'm reporting on that shit every day. I feel like Wardlow was like the ninth most talked about thing on Dynamite this week. I feel like that situation really overshadowed and in a lot of ways undermined Wardlow's build. Um, yeah, I think the first part of that is true. I think you... Wow. I'll address that. No, you won't. Anyway. Ha, <laughs> Oh, Kate, can you host the show while I bail all the time? Oh, I'm Kate, working. you do the intro at the top of the show? Oh, Kate, can you run everything? And then you kick me off the show. The forbidden door has been open on this show. My word. Matthew Plus is constantly healing on me. He's constantly healing on Tuesday nights. Muted. Pedriac says, another option. Forget gender. Put it on hater. Uh, do you mean Kate? Oh, oh, no, you mean Jamie Hader, not an actual hater. Okay. Uh, Patches Redacted says, all the confusion is intentional to distract us from the fact that we just got rid of the double belts gimmick with the TNT title. Now we're going to have Sammy become double interim champion. Uh, no, come on. Come on. There's don't, no way. Don't be rude. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's uncalled for. Joe says, could the MJF thing be groundbreaking, the groundbreaking story that Cody kept teasing for himself in December before it hit the fan? No, this isn't that. Um, This came together. The first, I I first heard about the argument between Tony Khan and MJF on March 28th and Tony Khan very much tried to downplay it to me. So this was well after. Yeah. Seems like, seems like a work. He downplayed it to me, made it seem like it wasn't a big deal. All week, buddy. All week, I've been telling Sean it's a work. <laughs> Dash says, there's another episode of Egos Amigos with MJF and Ricky Starks. Allie Catch makes an appearance and exposes Max's drunk voicemails to her. Oh, man. Brent says, give it to Eddie because Punk would have to tear the title from Kingston's cold, dead hands. That'd be great story as well. Great story. Uh, Bright Harper says, Mox, AEW world title, Danielson, TNT title. Wouldn't hate that either. Ryoga wasn't Mox ranked number four while Wardlow was at number one. I can't make sense of it, my friend. I can't even make sense of the match announcement. Salt says <laughs> Hangman has a match on Wednesday with Finley. It would seem like unless he's wrestling three matches, he won't be the number one contender. If I were him, I would get in that battle royal anyway. That's what I'm saying. Just show up. And then then he can do his match right after and beat the living shit out of Finley. Sorry. Sorry, David. 
Dr. Six Fingers says that Kate doesn't like ranking. She doesn't like authority figures. Only chaos will appease her. I hope I don't you actually like face authority figures. They're boring. Tom hey, Valley. What what um pay-per-views coming up in the fall, Kate? <laughs> you didn't remember either, so I don't want to hear it. You know what? I invite you on. Wow. Hey, I gotta get through these super you. chats. I get through these super chats. I've already been here almost 40 minutes, and you all haven't even covered anything besides this. Oh, I know. Connor says, winner versus Kenny, forbidden door. Doubt it. Kenny ain't ready, I don't think. Diny, share, whatever. Despair, shiny, rapid ash says, should do Battle Royal Wednesday, interim title match Friday. Uh, Tanahashi, it, it, no, I think you should do the Battle Royal Wednesday. Maybe you can do the top contender match on Rampage or the following week and then do Tanahashi at Forbidden Door. Stretch it out. Eric Davis, hopefully the former red center fielder, says put the title on Red Death. All the good should be with Yas. Mark Quill says my all elite brain hurts trying to parse through the interim title business, (laughs) though I much prefer this to watching SmackDown. At least you're exercising your brain a little bit. Jake says prayers for Brian Pillman Jr. There's a passing in his family, sending love. Grant says, saw this battle royal winner faces Mox in the main event of Dynamite winner, presumably. Ah, That's the thing, Grant. Presumably, we can't presume anything. Because you know what I presumed? That the title was relinquished. You know what I presumed? That all this other shit was going down. I don't know yet. Ryan says, it's ironic that the two guys Punk mentioned as guys he thought would make good AEW champions are two former WWE stars. Alex, I don't think that's an accident. I think that's a part of the work. Yeah, he was also the one that ran off uh, MJF after his big promo while they were on commercial break. So, Guys, I want to thank you all so much for letting me run in on this. There are still plenty of super chats there, but uh, Jake says, mute her, Sean. I'm not going to do that. I would never do that to Kate. (laughs) Wow. But I will unmute myself and say that no matter where the title goes, it will be able to access all of its favorite shows, (laughs) all of its favorite movies with NordVPN.com slash Fightful, the fastest VPN in the world. Change your virtual location with just one click. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe if you're having trouble accessing some streaming services, you could change it to Lithuania. That's not an outright hint or anything on how you could pay less for pay-per-views with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. I'd never give you that type of tip right here. Uh, Not me. No way. Not really. You can avoid online trackers, hackers, pop-up ads, all that good stuff with their threat protection. And it works on all your devices, phone, tablet, desktop, PC, router, all that good stuff. You get a great deal, plus an additional month free and a 30-day money-back guarantee with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. I use this every day of my life, especially when I'm trying to avoid messages from Kate. And I'm like, sorry, I'm in Abu Dhabi right now. It's not true. You just no-sell my hilarious jokes about everything being a work. Well, I'll tell you what's a shoot. NordVPN.com being the greatest VPN service in the world. Check it out, guys. Uh, Alex, great to meet you. Kate, you were here. Wow. Yeah, and I'm running this joint. So get out! <laughs> wow. <sighs> well, that was Sean. I felt a lot of love in that room. 
you know what? It's a love-hate relationship. Sometimes it's mostly it's mostly hate. Like when he mutes me. But uh obviously we can still keep talking about CM Punk. There's nothing I ever want to talk about more than CM Punk on a given day. So feel free to keep those super chats coming in. We can talk about it. We can speculate wildly, but I don't know. We're 40 minutes into the show. Perhaps we should start reviewing the shows. What do you think? <laughs> Was there another show today? I don't there remember. Were. We didn't even talk about Rampage, though, either, which is what we will start with, because why wouldn't we start with this? Holy crap. I want to be sick of seeing... Um, Thank you to my other my other Alex saying that Sean ruins everything. Uh, Alex, I saw that you fell asleep during SmackDown. No, you didn't miss anything. It was the same as last week. Uh, <laughs> but also, Alex, feel free to start your show early um, because this is we're not going to be talking about SmackDown that much, and you deserve sleep at some point. But we're going to get into Rampage. Holy cow! Um, seeing the Young Bucks and uh, Penta and Phoenix, my word, what a blast this was! I think that uh, <laughs> I I want to be tired of it because I, I don't like when people go to rematches, but these two just never miss. What did you think of this opener? I went to go write down specific spots and I was like, I can't because I just keep writing down the entire match. They just, they, again, we're not doing intros. We're hitting the bell. We're starting the match and we're just going to give you, you know, one spot after another. But I mean, the, Yes, it's we we spoke about this off air. Yes, it's a rematch, the fifteenth one, I think. But it's rematches that started elsewhere and kind of are now continuing in AEW. In in, but these guys' paths don't meet that much. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, and they haven't met in a while either. Too, I think part of with SmackDown, it's like week on week rematches when there's been time to breathe and they go back to something like this, especially something fun to open up Rampage. Like this was not hugely consequential, right? Um. I think this uh, was such a fun opener. My goodness, I have a friend that doesn't normally watch wrestling, uh, but his wife was out of town and he knows uh, me and my co-host on my Wednesday night show and was like, I'm going to click it on for a little bit and see what we got. And he was just blown away. The amount of times last year that a match of the year candidate had Ray Phoenix in it was unbelievable. And the only reason it hasn't been as much this year is I think because he was injured, but like he is just such a sight to see whenever they're in the ring. I love when it's older brother and older brother and newer brother or younger brother and younger brother facing each other. I think that's super, super fun storytelling. Um, Nick Jackson is so unbelievable in the ring. I think he could have a singles run if he wanted to, but I don't think he will. He um, might be in the Battle Royal this Wednesday for the interim championship that's going to Japan. Put, put everyone, <laughs> put everyone in it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that... Uh, this opener was just an absolute blast. I felt like because Punk didn't kick off the show, I was kind of optimistic that maybe he wasn't going to be relinquishing the title, but they just wanted us to stick around and they knew that opening match was going to keep our attention. Um, but yeah, the crowd was super hot. The Young Bucks, of course, being from California was a nice touch to have that hometown love, which was great. Uh, I don't think we have any super chats about this. Ontario, we- California was on fire fire that plays for a friday night was uh, at 5 p.m oh no wait eight no minutes. what time was over there 10 p.m here 7 p.m there 7 p.m there yeah 7 p.m there is actually it, it was <laughs> it was insanely <laughs> packed and they were hot 
they were hot. Plus these, you know, these these guys all know each other. So they're very familiar with what they're doing in the ring. And it didn't even look like there was any mess, you know, miss spots. I don't want to talk like I'm an insider, uh, you know, or anything <laughs> like that. So Yeah, I don't think they're this was very, very clean. They have such tremendous chemistry that this was an absolute blast. I saw some people in the chat wondering if their super chats got mixed. Probably not. Um, I just breezed we got to start the review portion of the show so if you have stuff about mjf if you have stuff about cm punk we're gonna get to those we'll i promise you we'll we'll get right back to them um but we have to you know talk about the matches that we were on here to review so we will get there um but this i thought was just a super super fun opener um what did we have next hubs and starks versus local talent i don't even think that they got announced not a lot to talk about here because it was in picture in picture and they came back and it ended. This was the squashiest of all squashes. That came that ended quick. That ended, even for a squash that ended remarkably fast. I think their entrance was longer and they don't have a Roman lane, Reigns length entrance. They have a very kind of typical entrance and this I think went to picture in picture came back and then the pin happened literally. So I don't have a ton to say, except that I like that they're continuing this with Hobbs and Starks. I think Ricky Starks is super underrated and an absolute star. I think he should drop that FTW belt and get his hands on the TNT title picture at some point. I think he's drastically underrated. He's my breakout star of this year. I think people are starting to get an idea of how special he is. Um, but we got a super chat that just came in about Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks saying, this seems to be leading to the Bucks getting a title shot, but both of these teams took L's at the pay-per-view. The match was nuts, but I want a reason that makes sense. It happens. I could see the Young Bucks being a transitional champion for a couple reasons. One, if they want it to go to the Hardys, that could be a fun way to get it there. If they wanted to, to run that back and move it along for this Hardys run, that could be super fun. I also think I mean, my hope is that Proud and Powerful are going to get their hands on the titles at some point soon. It feels like they're very far away from them right now. But I feel like I want them to be the next tag team with like a, a really long reign or like a decent reign. I don't know if the Hardys need them. If they get it, I think it should be fairly short. But um, I could see the Young Bucks being transitional in a way that could be really fun. And who knows? They could also turn around and give it to, to Red Dragon. Like, we could be working this super elite angle, too. So it's possible. I don't think they need it, but I definitely think it's a possibility. Um, we've got Biff chiming in saying, let's turn the Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros into the Eternity Feud. That is the New Day versus the Usos. Right before we went on here, I was comparing it, the, both of these situations, because I was so sick of the New Day and the Usos. And then the bell would ring. And they were telling different stories. They were telling incredible stories. The New Day was just constantly surprising me with something new. And they have incredible chemistry with the Usos. Not to take anything away from the Usos at all. They're absolute workhorses and fantastic in the ring. But I feel like every time they got in there, the New Day was coming up with some creative way to tell a story and invent new offense. Especially Xavier Wood in this, in this last round of rematches that they had. But the problem with that is they were rematched week over week over week over week over week on each other i feel like this was like they faced each other a lot in a short amount of time they had a huge breather and then they were like you know what let's just go put on an incredible match uh to open up rampage which is a very fun thing to do um 
Moving along, we get uh, the baddies and Stokely Hathaway. Smart Mark does not seem to be in the picture, much to your dismay, I know. Uh, we get a, a quick promo here from Stokely Hathaway saying that they were bringing California love in the form of an ass whooping. So I always thought that was more of an East Coast thing, but I guess that's how they roll in California too. Comes down with the baddies. Um, we get Athena versus Kira Hogan. I thought this match was fantastic. This was a really, really strong first showing for Athena. Very, very tired of the women being in the picture-in-picture picture to cut away to a full commercial slot. It happens all the time. It's so frustrating. But um, I, I thought this match was great. I loved that, like, swan dive cutter that she has. I think it's called the O-Face. I did not know that until tonight. Um, but I, I thought this was great. Having the baddies at ringside uh, with Stokely I thought was really, really fun. And I'll also say this. If Stokely doesn't learn their TikTok dances, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be really upset. I think Kira Hogan is constantly doing them. Sometimes with Jade in there, her and Red Velvet are always putting it out there. If he's not doing like the Lizzo dance stuff, like just a huge wasted opportunity. So Stokely's got to get on that. Other than that, I thought this was a great debut for Athena. It was also really nice to see Kira Hogan on television. She's a fantastic wrestler and she's been kind of tucked away. Not really on television. I, I think on YouTube shows sometimes, but this was really, really fun, and this is an advantage of having a women's stable, right? It makes sense for Athena not to immediately face Jade. You can let the new managerial situation in, um, or publicist situation, as it were. I think that might come into play a little bit, but uh, I, I think this was a really, really strong first showing for Athena, and the crowd also seemed to be really into Athena, too, which was very nice to see. Yeah, it was good to see Kira Hogan in there. She is phenomenal, and it was a very clean match. Um, I would not say that much about a Red Velvet. Um, she sometimes seems to be like a little lost. I don't know. Every time I see her, there's always like some type of confusion that she might have uh, in the ring. But I guess you know that's why she's been a lot more in dark and whatnot. But you know, yeah. She's been a little inconsistent in ring, I would say. Like, when she looks good, she looks great. And then when she looks bad, I'm like, oh, my God. It's exposed. You looked like you were going to die in that spot or whatever. I think some of that is um, opponent-dependent, which happens. But she's still young and still learning. Um, And I... I think you're you're right that she was on TV a little bit less to probably help her grow along. I will forever be this person. Sunny kiss for baddies. Let's go. I know they addressed it in the press scrum, but you know what? It's, gonna it's Pride Month. Get Sunny Kiss and the baddies. I'm all for it. Who's a bigger baddie than Sunny Kiss? Sunny I... Kiss is one of the originals from the original AEW when it first started. That's still there and doing his thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I I think there's no bigger baddie in the world than Sunny Kiss, and I think it would be a fantastic addition, but a reminder to get in those super chats and humper chats. We are going to come around and revisit uh, your CM Punk ones, your MJF ones, ones that are a little off topic, uh, but we are going to keep rolling down the barrel of the show since we had a bit of a 40 minute delay in getting started doing that. As long but- as they don't have anything to do with smart Mark, bring bring all the love of the super chats, my friends. Send in your support for smart Mark because Alex is rude i do i'll say this though we we did speak stokely hathaway into existence last friday so i i think that is a better fit i think smart mark has a lot of really great work to do but like stokely and the baddies and miro but let's continue on (laughs) fair enough uh we move on to this really really i thought fun house of black promo 
uh, Brent Lockman said, sending in a super chat that said, this House of Black thing is going to do so much for Julia. It's not even funny. Her confidence is starting to come through. Yes. I think that she was really good in the role that she was playing, but the role she was playing was a little bit two dimensional. This is such an interesting and complete contrast to what she was doing. She's super new to being in the ring. So this is a very, very fun way to break her in. I thought this was great and I thought she knocked it out of the park. What did you think? Yeah, I think that this was exactly what she needed. That whole like gimmick that she had before, I mean, it was fun. You know, it was cool to to have, but this pairing her with these guys, Brody, you know, and freaking Alistair Black, who is insane at what he does, she's gonna be able to learn so much. And Buddy Matthews was a, I mean, Buddy Matthews is crazy. You know, you, we've seen what he can do in the ring. What she's gonna be able to pick up from these these guys and you know bring into her character is going to be i mean just get ready the the rest of the year is going to look very very optimistic and great for her i think so too and malachi is such a fantastic um asset to the company because he's so great in the ring and with the character stuff i feel like oftentimes you lean heavily one way or the other he's kind of the only person that i've seen in like an otherworldly character in a really long time that's could just exist as a badass in the ring without that character. He just chooses to do this. And he's really, 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 really good at that side of things too. So I loved this. I thought it was great. Um, and we are steamrolling through Rampage. We're going to make it. Uh, we are already at the main event with Dante Martin versus Scorpio Sky. Um, Mark chiming in with the Super Chat saying, while we're, we're here, any word on if Scorpio Sky is injured? His pain looked real and more than selling. Looks like he rolled his ankle catching Dante. If so, that could be <laughs> that could mean that both men's single titles have a bad wheel, uh, obviously overshadowed by what happened with Funk. I left that segment out because we're going to loop back around to it. We're going to do a battle royale for the TNT title. Just everybody's going to compete for both titles. That's what's going to happen. I, I actually think that uh, Scorpio was selling. He's just very, very good at that. He, he looked good. He looked fine at the at the end there when he was jumping out the ring. Yeah, I, I think he was all right. If anybody's going to find out, you know, Sean will find out. He doesn't usually put injury stuff behind the paywall either because that's just gross feeling, as he has said before. So let's circle back around to the non-main event main event of CM Punk having to vacate the title, unfortunately. I specifically didn't do my makeup until after this because i was like am i gonna cry is cm punk retiring like all the way is whatever happened that bad because they said he needed to address his title and career and i was like oh no <laughs> please don't be that i will puke and cry and, and scream um thankfully it wasn't he's got a broken wheel um he came out it felt very sincere but He's a really, really, really good heel. So I was kind of nervous that he was just going to be healing us. And I was going to be a mark that completely fell for it, but does not appear that that was the case. Um, Drew, who's organizing all of our super chats tonight, Drew, we thank you so much because on a night like tonight, we really couldn't live without you. He said that there is a tweet from AEW that lists Moxley as the number one ranked guy for the AEW title with Warlow listed as number two. This gets more confusing the more they update it. Straighten it out. Moxley is not number one in the rankings, but he's number one ranked for the AEW title. What does that mean? Um, so we're going to read some of these super chats, and uh, I will also just get your overall thoughts on, on the CM Punk 
non-promo promo situation that we got. But Lord Jackson saying, I don't like interim champions. Just have Mox versus Tana for the main belts when Punk comes back instead of having a unification belt. He gets the first shot. Same booking except the guy with the belt is the actual guy with the belt rather than an asterisk. I feel like it can be a very, very interesting storytelling device when done right. I don't think they did it right with Cody because he was gone for like 10 minutes. I felt like that just made the whole situation muddy. And there was also a pre-existing story with Cody and Sammy. So it just seemed like they went out of their way to do that. Um, But I feel like part of this depends on how long Punk is out, right? Like he's obviously not out for like a year because otherwise I think he would have relinquished clean. If he's out from, I would say like two to four months, I feel like an interim situation is appropriate. Do you like interim belts? I know a lot of people like them because it it feels more like sports-based. Like they do this in MMA all the time, right? So what are your thoughts on interim belts? Yeah, AEW is just going to go on the wayside of the more sports realistic thing like UFC does with the interim belts and or whatever, even in boxing, whatever. They, whoever, whoever just loves their interim uh, chances <laughs> in the interims with the battle royales for the interims. You got to just throw interim in there as much as you interim, can, right? Interim, interim, yeah. yeah. No, but I think I think I think it's fine. I think you just let it. I think you let it play out. I think you bring in someone. You let him heal. He's not going to be back until the next pay per view. I guarantee it. So you know, and then you got it. What we have another. Um, we have the third quarter, which should bring us another battle for the belts or whatever they're going to do. Right. Yes. Yeah, one of those so, specials. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so. You're going to see something being set up for the world title there as well. Who knows how far along Punk will be for that. So, yeah, just just put a strap on someone, call in the interim. People are going to enjoy it no matter what, right? So just make sure that whoever you're going to put it on is somebody that, you know, the the audience is either going to get behind in in a good or bad way. That's it. Like, you know, either boo the hell out of them because they're going to flaunt it or uh, Eddie Kingston, you know, with a gas can in his hand and and the belt in the other. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay, so this is how muddy AEW has gotten with this whole what's happening. Peter Silva sent in a super chat saying that they updated the rankings because what we were going off of was this past Wednesday's rankings. So the new rankings after this week have Mox ranked number one. Somebody sent in money to tell us that because this is how delusional this whole situation has gotten thank you peter silva for doing that that was very kind of you i'm sorry that you had to aid us in our, in our sorting out of the situation well like in sports and and everything that happens after games you know points you know everything has to be yeah yeah so 
obviously we had Wednesday night. We had tonight. There you we go. Continue to move in, yeah. And I mean, some people will criticize the YouTube shows as like, oh, that's just where people go to pad their records. It's kind of like, well, yeah, like, who cares if that's all that they're doing there? They're giving like indie talent some exposure, and they're going to pad their records, and they're going to work out new characters and they're developing stars they're giving you a different they're giving you a different a different take of like you know ww has their way and they have you know AEW has their own yeah enjoy it it's there for you to watch agreed we got nick campbell saying rankings come out before dynamite after two shows rankings will change almost immediately sort of makes them pointless mocks for forbidden door um yeah everybody's on on the mox train i think there were a lot of people that thought he would be your first two-time champion and that's fair. I think a beauty in someone like Mox is almost similar to how I feel about Eddie, where um, to go from heel to face, he doesn't have to do a whole hell of a lot, right? Like, he's still the same guy. You're just switching his perspective and who he's facing a little bit. So that makes him being transitional very, very easy in my estimation. We got Matt chiming in saying, give me Eddie, guess, and one hand title and the other. I mean, he did try to set Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho on fire at the pay-per-view. My goodness. The way he came out, like, covered in blood, looking like a zombie. I just... Eddie Kingston, one of those guys who can do no wrong, partner. My man! I think you'll let it happen. I love Eddie Kingston. I think that's a really fun solution if it's... I I kind of already said this, but, like, a two-month Eddie Kingston title run could be very, very fun. The Perfecto Place saying, there are no long answers, but my top 10 are <laughs> Eddie, Pac, Miro, Brian, Mox, Malachi, Adam Cole, Darby. I said Hanger. I think you're saying Hager. Uh, Keith Lee, a fun story can be told. Hashtag FTF. FTF indeed. Um, you know, Miro just came back. I feel like he would be really fun, but they might have already had plans for him. It's kind of fun. You can throw a lot of people into this. Samoa Joe, you, you just could very easily throw into this. You could throw it back at Hangman. Like, put me some hook in that battle royale. Oh my goodness! Yeah, there's a lot you can do. It's just a matter of who's gonna come out on top. I don't know if if they have that answer, but we're gonna find out. Uh, this Moon is the Man- great. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I said this is the great thing about having a show. You know, WWE or them who could just, you know. Have an eraser and, and fill in whoever and whomever. Yeah, I heard someone say that there's no, there's definitely a top of the card in AEW, but there's not really like a mid card, which I thought was really well said. Like, it's not like there's a ton of people who feel significantly less important than the people at the top of the card. It's just who happens to be near the title picture and who doesn't. And that, that feels very true. We'll see what they choose to do. They could give it to someone that they feel is reliable. They could give it to Tanahashi. They could make a new star out of it. It's just a, a matter of what direction they want to lean in. But we got Moonman Ed saying, since Tanahashi is getting pushed aside because of the CM Punk injury, do you think New Japan will be careful on the stars it sends for the show? Um, It doesn't sound like Tanahashi is getting pushed aside, so that's good. And I don't think that, like, you're, we're getting Hangman and Okada. I know Danielson really wanted uh, Zack Sabre Jr., I think the bigger thing is that Dominion is is so close to Forbidden Door that that's the tricky part of like how much risk do you want to take with that and how much do you want to balance it. But them getting massive exposure to an American audience 
I think is something that would be very, very good for them. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it was, I, I mean, it would be cool to kind of just, you know, this is the great thing about uh, what they're doing there. They're allowed to be free and open. So you could put the belt on, on whomever, right, from even from New Japan. Walk into walk into Dominion with the AEW bell on. Uh, Kenny Omega did it. He walked right yeah. into AEW with every single world championship so outside of WWE. Okay, on. so wrestling with vertigo and like no physical body and still putting on incredible matches with like a hundred titles. What what a legend in this business. We got Brett Lockman chiming in with one of the funniest super chats we've ever gotten saying, this is all just a conspiracy to keep vacant from claiming another title. <laughs> they must be stopped. You know what? You're right. You're right. All right. We've got a couple of um, more general chats and then we will switch to SmackDown, which I know you're all just raring to talk about. We got the nerd guru chiming in saying Eddie could win the title and based on the seriousness of the surgery, Punk should at Arthur Ashe turn heel to win the unification match. Oh, buddy. That would be absolutely bonkers. The nerd guru says, I agree. I think that that should have been the plan regardless of a Punk injury. Like, um, Eddie Kingston versus a heel punk at Arthur Ashe to me is there's that. I got a question not- for you. Why do we need a heel punk? Uh, uh, honest to God. Best, that's the best punk. It's, you can ever it's get. just because as fans, we just want oh a heel punk. God. Yeah. He's okay, just, cool. All right. he's a, he's a really good, good guy. He's such a great. Okay. Guy. I just wanted to know, like I, I see a lot of people trying to push the heel punk agenda, but there's also a lot of, like you I, know, but I need it in my veins. Yeah. Like I need, I need heel punk in my veins. I think they were going to clear this Chicago hump initially of like punk's not going to get booed in Chicago. We'll have him turn heel after, but now sadly a non-issue. Beth chiming in via humper chat. Thank you so much for chiming in at humperchats.com saying subscribe to Fightful Select. Well, thank you. But speaking of the out of character interviews that MJF did, this is from before, I assume, he has great interviews with Brandon Walker of Wrestling where he is 200% in character and that rules. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, I don't know if MJF has given an out of character interview since AEW. He did them very rarely on the indies. The one with Butcher and Blade was was really, really fantastic. And so were the Egos Amigos. Um, that was very, very fun. Uh, we another forbidden door humper chat chiming in saying, I don't think Wardlow should win yet. He's hot, but there's a difference between being hot and the face of the company. I think next year is his time. I kind of agree with that. I feel like, unfortunately, this MJF stuff did overshadow his story. And, um, yeah, I'm just not – I don't think he's at world champion level yet, but I do think he is at world champion and And lose level, like lose for the title level. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and I also think that, you know, unfortunately, nobody has the attention span anymore to build characters and build matches and build feuds. Like, let this simmer. Let him – let – Wardlow build himself up, turn twenty twenty three, and and you know have him feud with a, a singles run with against Hobbs. I love Hobbs, man. I need powerhouse to be up there among the top ten, bro. So for me, that would be great. I'm very intrigued to see what happens when ROH reopens and lands TV. I, I'm very intrigued to see because it does feel like a bloated roster right now, and I think that'll alleviate some of that, but what that's going to look like definitely intrigues me. We've got Tom LaValle chiming in. He's so supportive. Thank you so much, Tom, for saying, 
With Thunder unhappy about women's booking, which you can read about on FightfulSelect.com, Thunder Rosa has some frustrations with the amount of TV time she's getting. Hint, it's a lack of it. Hopefully TK will finally get the message. There are so many great women who should be on TV every week. You know, I, I've i screamed about it. I've talked calmly about it. I, I don't know what there is left to say other than um, the women need more TV time and better booking. That's kind of it. They need a minimum of three matches a week. I don't think it's rocket science or particularly too much to ask for to have an A, B, and C storyline going uh, at, at all times and have them be as crafted with the same care as the men because you can sign your Tony Storms and your Athenas and your Ruby Sohos, but if you don't make them stars or give them the time that they deserve, it's just not going to matter. It's not going to matter. And you know, I've, I've tried to be optimistic and um, I've tried to get behind things when they have put their foot on the gas because they do that. They'll put their foot on the gas and then stop. But at some point, you just have to come to the conclusion that unfortunately, in my eyes, it's it's just a lack of caring about it. And, you know, I'm very encouraged that like Stokely is there because I know that that's a really good sign. Um, and I am glad that they're bringing in more top stars, but unless like Ruby Soho is a top star guys and her trajectory has been face Britt for the title and lose work, YouTube shows, get belt, belt back up to lose to Britt Baker again. So they just need to treat the women with the same care that they treat the men. I, I don't know how much more simply to say that. I don't know how many more times I can say that. I don't know how many more curse laden rants I can go on about it on Wednesday nights on the Mark Order podcast on off of Fightful Tell uh TV and, and YouTube. But like I uh it's it's really upsetting because it's it's not rocket science at all. It's just giving the same amount of care at, at the end of the day. So it's a two that's my show. more sincere plea than me saying the F word nine hundred times and screaming about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a two-hour show. They can find a time to develop more uh, stories for the, for yeah. the women. I, Take I don't... them out of the nine thirty slot. Like it's it's just a matter of making them feel important, like you do with the men. That's it. It's it's not more complicated than that, and it breaks my heart a little bit every week. It it really does. It really does. Especially when they're getting way better at everything. Serena and, and Thunder Rosa was just such a phenomenal match that. It made me resent them for the build that they didn't give it. And it made me hope that they run it back and give it the build it deserves. Because Thunder Rose is not the only one that's frustrated. And um, Stokely with the baddies is a great fit. But, like, you have two titles. And you probably should have a women's tag division at this point. Um, it's just, I feel like when I first got into wrestling, Give Divas a Chance was, like, something that came along shortly after I got really into it. And I'm like... We're kind of at that point and we shouldn't be like it. <laughs> like the talent is there. We're in a different time, a different era. Like I was so excited when they talked about the women getting equal pay when this company started. I figured that might translate to some sort of equal time on screen or at least closer to it. And that's just been disappointingly not the case. So I'm always cautiously optimistic for change, but it seems like whenever they, they put any emphasis behind it they then take it away with booking decisions like they they made in the owen unfortunately but oh i could rant about that for another six hours and we you have should, all other programs to you review need, you need to like start a battle royale for this okay all, we're just gonna of, start battle of, royales all of your all of your complaints throw them in the ring oh my gosh i don't know which one will come out a winner 
Oh, man. We're going to get through the rest of these super chats about AEW and then flip over into SmackDown. You guys have been so supportive of us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time and your money and your support. Nathan DePaul saying, I think Wardlow's a great candidate to win the Battle Royal and lose valiantly to Mox. That's a that's a really, really strong call. I like that idea. Mox is on a run of putting guys over in matches. He wins. That is extremely true. Mox is great at making other people look great and important in losses. Um, Eddie Uribe chiming in via Humperchat saying, was the Samoa, Samoa Joe backstage brawl on Wednesday a way to write off Joe since he's been playing Sweet Tooth in the Twisted Metal series? I don't know. Um, if you are subscribed to Fightful Select, that's a good question for Sean's backstage report where he kind of does Q&As. I'm not totally sure about that, but I would think not because I feel like they're just starting to get the storyline going with Satnam Singh and, and all that. Like, I don't think you have Satnam Singh kind of debut to not pay that off really soon. Um, but it's it's definitely a possibility. The crazier things have happened. Tom Valley saying 61-year-old Sting injured is fine. 16-year-old Nick Wayne. I don't know what the rest of that super chat was. I don't know what that is. But those are inverse numbers of each other in very different stages of their career. So <laughs> that made um, no sense. I don't know what happened. Yeah, there. I don't know if there was something lost in translation. Like, was the, I drinking before that question? I like, did I miss a, a line of that? So if we miss something, uh, feel free to put asterisks in the chat and we'll pick up the rest of your chat. JB Love saying it's pretty clear to me what's happening with all of this bad luck lady. Dark Wizard Jericho has put a curse on AEW. He will soon appoint himself the king. And lock TK and Eddie in a dungeon. I don't know. Um, you know, if anybody's cursing people around here, I think it's clearly Danhausen. Maybe we need Wizard Jericho versus Danhausen. That might be a feud I didn't know I needed. But if someone's shooting fireballs, I think we it's need someone to come entertainment. In and stop it. I think so. Um, Ernesto Jimenez uh, saying zero TV time for Deeb or Thunder Rosa. After Double or Nothing Master Wrestling, AEW spit on the women's division face this week. Shameful. Thunder Rosa was sick. Um, and that's why she was off of both Wednesday and Friday. There's more details about it on Fightful Select. Um, but they aren't getting enough t TV time. And you're right about Deep. Like, if they're not going to run that back, I can understand. Because they're probably trying something else for her to do. But, yeah. I mean, no acknowledgement of it is disappointing. It just continues to to be what it is. Uh, I already cried about CM Punk a little bit earlier. I can't go crying about the women's division too. I'll, I'll uh, that'll just be an ugly day. <laughs> Jake Salazar saying, "I want Kenny back." Darn it, I do too. But he's got a long road of recovery ahead of him. Um, he had gotten his surgeries and then traveled a little bit uh, because he was excited to be backstage. And then he was like, LOL, I can't travel. It turns out I am not healed or ready to do that. So I think he's got a while to go before he's wrestling again. We got Derek Gordon chiming in saying, if Hangman wasn't already in the match, I would have done Mox versus Jericho versus Hangman for a shot at the title. Three former AEW champions. I did think about that. That's a fun way to go about it. Like an interim champion to someone that was a champion before. But um, I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of it kind of depends on how long Punk is going to be out. And I don't even know if they know that yet, right? Like that might be something they figure out after he's had the surgery. So we will see. We have a couple of random super chats because you guys rule. 
Kate William Regal is the goat authority figure. That is actually true. Um, I love William Regal. I thought he was the best at making sense of things in NXT. I I absolutely can see that I am a huge William Regal mark. I love that guy. Patch is redacted, saying bottom right corner of Kate's screen is all I can focus on at this point. Buster is the true draw. Buster is the true draw. He um, took some selfies by himself today. My phone was unlocked. And he, I was taking a nap because I had a headache and he took pictures of himself there on my Instagram at Kate's Instagrams. If you want to go check them out, that's how I promoted the show today. Cause I forgot to make my graphic. Uh, we got Mr. Burden saying first time super chat. Thank you so much for your super chat. We appreciate it. Just want to show some love to Fightful. Kate, you're amazing. You're amazing. Bangs and all. Thank you, Alex. So glad you're back on the show. We need you on more recaps. Look, you know, he came in with the heat last week. We had to have him back on because the heel had to get his comeuppance about smart Mark Sterling, but I don't even think we're going to I was thinking that. that right after the the whole forbidden door, the winner gets smart Mark as their, as their manager. <laughs> I mean, pff, what better way, right? I am hoping that because Stokely is a publicist and not a manager and smart Mark is like a manager but kind of agent that that kind yeah. of leaves room for some really 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 fun mic work like i have a, a lot of faith in stokely hathaway because he did such a great job with everything in nxt that he was doing in diamond mine um and i know he'll be at least one male in the company that gives a crap about the women's division i know that much that is that is something i'm putting faith in so well i guess we got to Switching to SmackDown talk. And let me tell you, I don't know how we're going to get through the zero super chats that there are about SmackDown. There are zero super chats. How do I, I buy my know. own super chat? Hold on. I don't know if I've ever, we've had times where there was like one or two. I don't know if there's ever been a time there is zero, but uh, this deserved, this deserved zero. Listen, um, WWE is, is doing, a, there's a, a lot of great things that they can put out there. And a lot of, I mean, they're, they have really freaking good superstars, but I don't know what is, hey, Curtis Axel showed up. We saw, I saw that last week, right? <laughs> that was, Axel that was cool. Came out, um, you know, it's just, they don't care about the stories that they're telling. It's all just so much of this is just a rerun after rerun after rerun. We get Drew McIntyre and New Day versus the Brawling Brutes to start the show, which is something we saw last week. We've seen some iteration of the New Day and the Brawling Brutes like 87 times. I, this was a good match. It's never going to be a bad match when these guys are in that. I don't know how many times I can say that week over week. I will say Drew gave a really, really nice shout out to Big E. I thought that was really fun. There was some silly stuff with him saying that he was calling himself Big D and a series of sexual innuendos that followed, which New Day, when they do it, do it really, really well. So I thought that was very, very fun. Um, but the match was great. I just don't have a lot to say about it because we literally saw it last week and it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere because we already know that we're going to get Drew McIntyre versus Roman at Clash at the Castle, the clash as my other Alex calls it. Of course, this was a great match. Look who was in it. Xavier Woods has really, really um, broken out. And not that he was not great before this, but like I would say basically this King of the Ring run to now, he's just been putting on some of the more creative offense that we've seen in a really, really long time. He's been fantastic. Um, Kofi's always great. The Brawling Brutes are great. 
this ended with Butch putting Xavier away on the bitter end. Who could possibly care? Do you? There is zero. I mean, it, at this point, it's all entertainment. It's all, you know, let's put these guys in the ring. They have a great match. People are going to have fun while you're there watching it live. I honestly feel, and I've said this publicly to many people around me, uh, I think that Drew McIntyre is boring and uh, he's great in the ring. I will not take that away from him because he's a physical specimen who can really move in there and do things that I will never be able to. But the whole character and where it's going and there are no storylines and no storytelling, it's very boring. So great match, great physicality. They're very fun in the ring. But outside of that, what, what, why would I sit there and watch those 15 to 20 minutes? Which I did. Which, yeah. Why do we keep reading Super Chats from Matthew Plus when all he does is heal on me? Because he keeps giving us money. So thank you. SmackDown sucks, but so do Katie's Bangs. Well, I don't know about Katie's Bangs because my name ain't Katie. My full name is Kate because my parents were like, we're going to call her Kate. Why would we name her Kathleen or Catherine or Caitlin or any of that other crap? So talk about Katie's Bangs all you want because you're not referring to me, pal. Matthew Plus is green like money easy all right we don't celebrate matthew plus around here you subscription service sounding wannabe son of a we got a super chat coming in saying you're all the best it's burn one by the way well thank you for correcting me sorry that you spent 20 bucks to tell us that but i appreciate you i'm sorry well i'll say it right thank you burn one i appreciate you it was really fun having alex these past two weeks We have fun. We have fun. You caught me because for two seconds I said, crap, my internet went out. (laughs) (sighs) Sean does it all the time. Um, God, Matthew Plus chiming in again saying, it's unfortunate that Alex is wearing the one wearing a baseball cap because that'd be a great way to cover up Kate's broke ass bangs. My bangs rule. They have made us like probably 20 bucks on this show tonight. So um, in the words of Winston Churchill, you can suck it. It's not a wrestling. She bangs. She bangs. Thank you. God. Thank you. J.W. Pringle, a nice one, chiming in saying, last day of vacation for me. Enjoy your last day of vacation. I'm sorry you have to get back to real life. Just dropping by the show to show some love. Fightful Faithful and SGS for life. Get well, punk. Maddie Minus is still a scutch. Okay. Do you know what it means to be a scutch? Did we talk about this already? No. Do you know what a scutch is? No, you've, this was never explained to me. I was here once, and then I was told I was never coming back again. And then so. he came back a week later. And then, yeah. Um, I just, a scutch is like a brat. And I thought everybody grew up with this word, but maybe just because I was a brat when I was a kid that I got called a scutch on a frequent basis. But I've heard it's Italian. I've heard it's Jewish. But a scutch just means a brat. And I called someone a scutch, and they were like, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, it, it sounds jewish like it has the that act that you know like yeah 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 but i heard a lot of italian households using it too um our moderator drew was like is alex matthew plus no i wish i can't stand either of you no that's just i'm just kidding (laughs) brent lockman says unless your name is dario i'm kind of done with authority figures it's an easy thing to get burned out on I'll say it that way. It's only been fun when it's arrived kind of organically or William Regal's involved, in my opinion. So we move on from this great but pointless opener to Max Dupree. 
I'm so mad that I'm starting to really find this very entertaining. <laughs> it's not. And this is why they do it. It's. I would like it better if the whole show wasn't leaning in this direction of very one note comedy. But LA Knight is. Go, I'm sorry, Max Dupree is going to be like the one to make this work. Like he's really, really good at doing this. My only thing was, I felt like last week he was saying it was Max Dupree, and this week he was saying it was Max Dupree. Um, so I don't know which pronunciation we're going with, but essentially what he tells us is he reminds Adam Pierce that he is not attractive enough to join his stable, and he does say that uh, next week we are going to find out who um his first client is which it seems like is going to be mace which is fine and and good um but he is in my opinion making this stuff work he told adam pierce when he asked him adam pierce asked him who it was and he was like well that's a little invasive and it just made me laugh because he was like talking into adam pierce's neck like as close to him as he could possibly be so that kind of pops me but um a harmless segment. I'm intrigued to see where this goes. I hope he ends up wrestling because I feel like he has a lot of in-ring value. Um, what did you think of this? I think that, again, just like last week. Was it last week? Yeah. One of these weeks that I was here with you before you banned me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I lost count. Uh, he's he's dealt his hand, man. Um, I think he's going to run with it. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to be wrestling soon. Um, it'll happen in, in the whole like authority figure telling him, hey, you know, you can't act this way. We're going to put you in the ring. And he's going to shine. He's so good in the ring, man, that whatever gimmick he's doing, Dupree, Dupre, Marine, whatever, you know, <laughs> he's he's going to kill it. I love him. And I think that I'm I'm really happy he's there with them. And he wasn't let go. You know, he, he he's in his role and in his element. And just I think if he sticks with it, we'll see. A 2.0 version of him soon. Mark Paul chiming in saying, Obligatory SmackDown Humper Chat, aka legit love for Team Kalexis, despite Alexis hating on Smart Mark Sterling, the unofficial lawyer for the Council of Marks. Thank you, Mark, for giving us uh, money for this because WWE program is, is kind of costing us money at this point, to be honest. There's just nobody that wants to talk about it. Um, at least after- it's on free TV. Hey, there you go. There you go. We got a hype package for Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Sometimes their hype packages for things like this going into a pay-per-view are literally too good because it reminds us that we don't actually have to watch the week-to-week show because they made it so pointless. You can just watch this hype package. Now, they'll replay it on the pay-per-view pre-show, I'm sure. Watch it there um, and... And you feel caught up to speed. You feel like you didn't miss out on anything with the story. So I feel like their production of these things is great to their own detriment of their weekly programming. Um, But we'll just move on because you guys already know that story because we do the show every week. Ginger Mahal versus Humberto. I don't know what to say about this this stuff. I... I specifically put that in my brain, this dude dancing behind him, Kate. Yeah. I don't even want to know his name. It's it's Shanky. Um, I don't want to know it. (laughs) It's awful. Um, It just feels like they refuse to learn the lesson of 
having some like variety here, right? Like Boogs is out because of injury. Uh, they had to recap Madcap, which we'll talk about in a moment because that didn't work. And now they're having this like huge dude dancing. Um, the match was fine. The ending was terrible because Shanky was being a distraction while dancing. Um, I feel like it's very weird that he's like dancing for and then kind of with Samantha Irvin. Um, I I just felt like the finish of this was so stupid. I feel like when they don't know what to do with someone, they make them go they and make do them the goofiest crap. Like it's it's just so stupid. Dinner Mahal is a former world champion. Los Lotharios should be wrestling as a tag team taken seriously in the tag division. They're the perfect accompaniment for each other. Like you got one guy who's super charismatic and smooth and has like for all the people that get compared to Eddie Guerrero, like I feel like they've got it and Legato has it on NXT. Like and then you have someone who's like a little bit more in-ring focused. They they offset each other really, really well. Um, I I don't understand this program. I don't understand what it's supposed to accomplish. If it's to break up Jinder and Shanky, fine. But what are you going to have? A dancing Shanky and your same old Jinder Mahal? Like, what is the end game here? And why are you doing this to Los Lotharios? Have them be a tag team on the show. Have the New Day face someone other than what fight night was now the brawling brutes because of course fight night was like the one name that i liked and then they went and shut it i don't really have anything else to say about this match to you <laughs> man i just the match i i paid no i just when i saw this dude this big ass goofball dancing i'm like how can you take this serious how, you can't even if he were to put him against gender how am i gonna take this serious i i'm not i'm you not can't. Why can't why can't we have a legitimate tag teams? Why can't we have legitimate representation like you know Lotharios, uh, you know as a as a Hispanic group? You're you know they can embody so much. You have uh, gender and and you know he has the ability to when he was world champion be amazing on a stick and just like really kill it. He's a, he's good man. He's good. And this is he goes right back to three MB. Yeah, that's you know that's a really good call. And when he was feuding with Drew, they didn't even talk about the three man band, which made me nauseous. We got JB Love sending him money for my bangs. Thank you. Give Kate's bangs a Disney Plus show. Do it before that Matthew Plus gets a hold of some sort of pilot about my bangs because he'll ruin it creatively. We have my dad chiming in. Hi, Dad. What are you doing up so late? My dad doesn't watch wrestling. Like, I feel the need to explain this. My dad doesn't watch wrestling, but he's the best dad ever. So he supports me and supports the show and is awesome. I should probably read a super chat saying, congrats, Sir Pringle, on his vacation. JW Pringle deserved a vacation. All hail the Council of Marks. This $5 super chat is only $3 with NordVPN. Guys, my dad is putting over our sponsors. Sean, you need to give that. I have a talk with Sean later on because I should have had some type of rundown from the host here of the show so that I can, you know, talk about Norton VPN or how great it is and how (laughs) I use it when I travel everywhere because I don't want anyone to steal my information when I'm on public Wi-Fi, hotel Wi-Fi, you know. You understand. Normally he has like a little graphic and I Vanna White it. So I got robbed of that moment today. But, you know, it is what it is. We move on to a six-pack challenge, and oh my god, what the heck was this? 
Um, two weeks ago, Ronda Rousey issued an open challenge for her title. And then last week, instead of continuing the open child, open child, open, child. open challenge for the title. <laughs> it's 20 of one, man. Cut me some slack. It's late, everyone. Um, I They did a rematch instead of continuing the open challenge. And then instead of continuing the open challenge again, they had a six-pack challenge that Natalia won. Um, commentary said that Raquel Rodriguez took her to the limit. Maybe in their first match, but the second match, if you recall, was like a minute and 15 seconds long, and then they turned it into a tag match where they were on the same side. So I'm going to go ahead and say not taken to the limit there. Uh, Aaliyah got locked in her room. Can I say something about this? Of course you can. That's why we brought you in. Ladies and gentlemen, logic. You have the cameraman outside, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a filmmaker. You have the cameraman outside. She's locked she can't come out. She's jiggling the thing. But all of a sudden, the director says, cut to the cameraman that's in there with her. But, but yeah. she's locked. Why are we going in there to see her? Let's have the, the, the illusion that she can't get out. The minute it's the cameraman... The, inside. The, cam, the, the minute the cameraman goes, they switch over to the cameraman inside, you lost me. I'm yeah. like, cameraman's in there. Jiggle it down. You're going to walk right out. Yeah. And she's on, uh, she's in, she's on the inside. Not the outside. They didn't right. like stick right. a chair under the door. <laughs> and she's help, help. Come on. My word. The disbelief is so bad. It's so bad. And what I also don't understand was that they did all of the women's entrances. They showed this of Aaliyah being locked in the room because turnabout's fair play with Shotzi Blackheart. And then they cut to commercial and then they came back and they replayed. They replayed the locker room lock-in thing. Why? Can I can I just do showing up my production on the sound? Oh, you have no idea what I have here, friends. Appropriately, appropriately used. So we appreciate that. But I mean, it was just so you did everybody's entrance to then cut to commercial. Like the amount of time that people are just standing around on the show. I would imagine it's really, really boring to be there live. I'm just throwing. I'm that glad out there. that the people who run Fox are not like real wrestling fans. You know, they're just there to see how much money they can they can essentially bring into the company, right? Into Fox, as opposed to like they're not sitting there going, "Why is this happening?" Nobody is. Nobody is. No, because none of this would be happening. But at a live experience, to just be sitting there for this much of the show, kind of blows my mind. But. Cutting to the match, uh, the match was fine. I loved the spot where Raquel was using Shotzi's like body to take out other people. I thought that was so much fun. I think it was a weird choice to have Natalia win, of course, in a Shamazi way. Um, but Natalia versus Ronda Rousey should be fine, but inconsequential and extremely predictable. I don't. I again, don't by the way, and again. What, what storyline we're going to run? I trained you. I helped you get in here. Whoosh, bitch. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, that's the buildup. Alex, who will be on Fightful Select after this, and I, God bless him for not having already started. I don't know why he hasn't, to be honest. But said, there was more time wasted on this show than maybe any other episode of wrestling I have ever seen. And Raw is three hours, and we're saying that. Like, that's that's pretty bad. The episode maybe three weeks ago where literally everything was a rematch 
is is up there. I remember but... when SmackDown was the A show, and I was very happy in 2018. That summer, I got the email saying that, oh my God, um, Paul Heyman's going to be running Raw, and you know, uh, what's his name? Eric Bischoff, SmackDown. They can't wait to see Brand Split. I was like, oh my God. Bro, what has happened in the last three years? (laughs) I mean... There was some foolish optimism at the end of the pandemic, I think, or pandemic era wrestling, at least I should clarify, that um, it was going to get better. But I think once Vince realized he could control crowd reactions, it was all over for us. By the way, side note here, guys, my TV picks up the crowd noise that gets pumped through so well. And it's very, very, it sounds like true, like you can hear the electronic interference. Yeah, you coming in through the TV, and if you put on headphones and rewatch it, I don't know if the rebroadcast will have it, but when you're watching it live, it's very evident. You can hear the electronic noise coming in through the TV. It's also evident when there's people going crazy and you have the crowd in the background and nobody's nobody's doing anything. And I spoke to a talent that had said it's also not necessarily the best thing in the world for promos because if you're cutting in crowd reactions like that means that your promos have to be perfectly timed and you have to be standing in the right place like all of those things make it feel less organic on top of it already not being organic because the reaction is fake right so now you're also reverse engineering it for the performer which sucks but match was decent enough natalia going over was surprising but a predictable match so we will see what happens there okay I, I think it's a safe bet for ronda is a safe bet oh yeah yeah. Who, who else is she going to work with? Nobody. I mean, She's I thought sh- they were going to run. They love rematches, so I thought they were going to run back Raquel with a stipulation. But no, nope. I think I think that Ronda might had sat down and said, "I only want to work with you know Natalia on uh, uh, at least until I continue to move on and see what else she she's going to do." Well, yeah, and they're both faces right now, right? Ronda and Raquel, so they yes. might not want to go too much further into that. Uh, but we move on to Madcap. There's good news and there's bad news. <laughs> they have repackaged Madcap Moss. The bad news is now he's just Madcap. And the reason that's stupid is because Madcap is a specific type of comedy, which is what he was doing before this. So the part of his name that they kept is the gimmick that he shed. They're going to fix it. They'll fix it. I really don't think they will. They but, will. I've, it'll come to them. Yeah, and do you think Smart Mark stinks? You don't know anything. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling punchy. It's 10 of 1. It's 10 of 1. Um, but the suspenders are gone. He doesn't look like a goofball anymore. He has. He sincerely is good in the ring and has charisma. That's the great news. The bad news is we're getting a re. A rematch with him and Baron Corbin and I believe it's unsanctioned which is good it'll at least feel like a blow off and there's at least a payoff that this terrible gimmick is gone but you know what isn't on the pay-per-view the IC title match between Gunther and Ricochet which is what I was assuming was going to be on here and what I was most looking forward to on this pay-per-view Oh my God, what are you doing? Like Ricochet versus Gunther is fantastic. A 12 minute sprint between the two of them would be incredible. Why aren't you putting your titles 
on your pay-per-view. Why is this on next week's SmackDown? It's so stupid. It's so insulting to the performers. I don't know how many times we can say it. The last time the Intercontinental title was defended on pay-per-view was the Nigerian drum match, the WrestleMania before last, between Apollo and Big E. And guess what either of them are doing right now? Following the 24-7 title. Whatever happened to poor, poor, I mean, he's just, I feel bad for him. Him and Commander Aziz, man. What I don't know what happened? to tell you. What? How do you ruin that? I I don't I also, don't rightfully know. Like what Ricochet had also held correct me if I'm wrong here, guys in the chat, everyone here. Has Ricochet held the US title? He did, right? Yeah, he briefly. Did, he did very briefly. I think when he right. was like in that weird little heel room. Yes, yes. And even then, they didn't put that on pay-per-views. No. This dude does not have a good track record with being champion of any type and having matches on pay-per-views. Wow, Ricochet defeated Samoa Joe for the U.S. title. That was his first singles title on the main roster. Okay. And he won a fatal five-way before that. Um, Look at that. That's it. All that. on the regular roster. Nothing else. I just, I don't understand the point of mid-card titles if you're not going to put them on the pay-per-view. Um, and that the thing is, that's not just uh, put your titles on the pay per view thing. That match is going to be incredible, and you're going to have it on just a random. Episode I hear they're going to unify it with uh, the Universal and the WWE Championship. Okay, fine. You know what? They don't mean anything anyway. You merge two <laughs> titles and you put them on a guy that's not on the show. So I don't know what could make less sense of that. Why is Hell in the Cell basically a raw pay per view, buddy? Tonight we got. Madcap and Corbin and Ronda versus Natalia as your SmackDown representation for this. I mean, it's hard to care uh, when they don't. They're getting like $5 billion. Yeah, it's just, that's the thing. It's like, they don't have to care about the creative because the money's coming in and they have premium live events and not pay-per-views anymore, right? So... It's a, a creatively damning system, but we have some more super chats and humper chats because you guys rule. JB Love saying, give Kate's dad a Disney Plus show. Yes. Give my dad a Disney Plus show before you give anything to Matthew Plus. Honestly, because I'm a great daughter, give my dad a, a Disney Plus show before even my bangs. Mark Quill saying, shout out to Paul Elizabeth and the entire Elizabeth Kate Faith clan, the best father that a wrestling podcaster could ever have. Ain't that the truth? My dad rules. Shout out to JW Pringle too. The best friend a wrestling podcaster could ever have. It's true. It's true. Andrew Daughtry. Shout out to Cardoza for using the term free TV correctly. There you go. See, you're getting some support when we don't focus on the fact that you unnecessarily hate smart Mark Sterling. Joseph Chimigan. He hates himself. He does not. He is a confident man. He has a blossoming legal career. What are you talking about? My God. Joseph chiming in via Huffer Chat saying, Alex, are you saying that we should let it play out? Sadly, I don't know what that was even in reference to, but that just feels like everything, everything on the show. <laughs> just let it play out. It'll all eventually heal itself. Smart Mark will be coming in through that huge Tron. Listen, <laughs> Smart Mark is great. Definitely belongs with the baddies, but Smart Mark can do a lot of other fun stuff. His Instagram with um, like these class action lawsuit things, it's hilarious. He has nothing better to do. Sorry. He's got plenty to do. No, I'm sorry. You're going to find I'm out. So, I'm sorry. I'm just going to, you know, I don't want this show to go too long, but for you, 
<laughs> I don't have nothing to do, but damn, like. Muted. <laughs> Hosting power, baby. Oh, man. Fred Worst chiming in. That's correct if that's a play on Fred Durst. You're not alone, Kate. I got called a scutch many times as a kid and never questioned it. I grew up in Jersey with an Italian extended family. All the kids were scutches anyway. All hail Kate's fangs. <laughs> Good to know that I have a fellow scutch in the world. Um, yeah. My name being Kate Elizabeth, that's a great, like, I was not like a bad kid, but I was, I was a scutch. So like Kate Elizabeth is a great, like you are in trouble name to yell. Um, syllables. It's perfect. <laughs> we got N Simmons chiming in saying Ricochet can flip guys, Keith Lee and Walter size, and they don't know what to do with that. A high flyer that can toss heavyweight shakes my head. Yeah. It's funny because I keep hearing about what a kid oriented show this is and who is a better real life superhero than Ricochet. Like the fact that they don't know what to do with that guy. Um, when I, when, when he first came into the scene, when I, you know, I watched them in the Indies and they said that they were bringing him in. I was beyond when sure. they brought him in beyond. I mean, he is truly the one and only, and they, you know, F that up. So guys, we are coming down the home stretch. Um, I, also want to remind you that Alex and I might stop by for a little bit, but I ain't doing the whole show. Uh, it will be live on Fight Plus Live after this if you want an even more sour, even more in-depth version of this. Um, we're going to move along to Riddle and Nakamura versus the Usos. Hey, here's a shocker. It was great in the ring and predictable and pointless. Um <laughs> Riddle is fantastic. This was a really, really fun match. Nakamura got taken out for a lot of it. Riddle is always impressive in the ring, and it ended with a music distraction. My issue with this is that we have seen this before, I think in this story, not that long ago. They already did this exact thing. If I recall, it was within the same story. What I did love about it is that Sami Zayn is hilarious, and he was the one to get his mitts on the sound production here. Basically, they played Roman's music at the end of this um, to distract Riddle and Nakamura. They had given promos earlier in the night that were essentially echoing the exact same thing they said last week, where Riddle said, Shinsuke is no Randy Orton. Spoiler alert, he's better. Uh, <laughs> in my opinion. And Shinsuke Nakamura saying, Riddle's no Rick Boobs. Spoiler alert a lot better than Rick Boogs. Um, and, and we got this match and it was perfectly fine, but like they make Shinsuke look weak here. Riddle looks great. Uh, they get distracted by the music cue and the Usos go over. Shocking. Um, I would love for them to move on from this. It doesn't, to me, feel like they're going to. This feels just like the Brawling Brutes versus the New Day where it's just going to keep going on and on and on past Hell in a Cell. Um, some really, really great in-ring work, though. They gave this a lot of time. What did you think of this match closing the show? Uh, I, I see what they're building, what they're doing. You know, they're building, um, they're trying to build this big storyline. I, I don't know for what, like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, they, they're, <laughs> they talk, you see, you hear the, uh, 
uh, the announce table talk up about Randy, the great Randy Orton, the Hall of Famer, like the way they talk about him. Like he's been gone for years and came back and now he's on this incredible run. Like that spot when uh, Shinsuke knocks his knee out, poor, tasteless, didn't need it. I mean, it's just you're making him look like he can't hold his own in a match. Um, and I know they're trying to build Riddle. I know that they're trying to make him look strong. But do me a favor. If you're trying to build someone like Riddle who should be built, right, because he looks like a, like a great superstar, don't have him yell. You took my Randy away at the end, or like I some whatever the hell he was saying, my Randy. God, dude, stop. Just it's that thing of you can't show Vince you're funny, or he won't see you any other way. Look at the Viking Raiders; they they showed them they were funny, and now they've never been anything but a joke. Like the Ascension, remember them? The Ascension, yep. Like if you if you prove that you can do funny or Vince's version of funny, he won't do anything else with you. Riddle is, I think, good enough to... Well, first of all, it doesn't matter what I think because he's connecting like crazy with the crowd. He's super, super over right now. Arkery Bro is very over. You'll hear uh, other Alex on Fightful Select talk about the fact that these matches get very formulaic. Like, Randy's hot tag is always the same. Obviously, Orton wasn't in the match tonight, but to your point with Orton being positioned as a superstar, like, he comes in with the same sort of, like, clothesline, one-two punch kind of stuff. Like, it's it's gotten kind of formulaic. Um, but yeah, Nakamura, he, you know, was coming after Roman and now he looks weak in this weird substitute tag team angle. It's not great. Riddle looked fantastic. The match was of course going to be good, but again, to what end? That's what that's. They said this many years ago, everyone's put into boxes, right? And you cannot break out of that box. And that box will also put you in a, in a situation where the producer, whomever you're speaking to is telling you. You know, tell me what moves and what you want to do, and that's what it's going to look like every single time you're out there. You're in this box that doesn't really expand much unless you're like a Roman Reigns or so on and so on. That box has blown up, you know, but other than that, it's unfortunate. And I listen, I have nothing but love. Like, I grew up watching WWE. That was my jam. So to watch a lot of these guys that have so much potential and whatnot just kind of just... It just hey it's a paycheck i'm going out to go to work and vince thinks this is funny so i'm going to do it and blah blah blah. because you hear a lot of stories from the back end on with freddie i hear a lot of stuff in the back end when you know we're talking off air so jesus it's rough because gosh the only people that i can think of that are expanding that box that you're kind of referring to like i think it's kevin owens and Sami Zayn pop in the head immediately um but other than that there's not a ton else that people are doing i've also said like you're given a template right and it's the performer's responsibility to fill in that template but i think this is another place where rematches hurt so much because you you can only expand so much when you are caught up in the same cycle right like you cannot spread your wings when you're fighting the same guy every week and then you consider that they do that on house shows too like the amount of times that cody has faced seth rollins like we haven't even seen most of them, which is pretty wild. So um, a fun enough match to close out the show. But, you know, again, another rematch, another predictable one. Um, you knew the Usos were going to go over here. We've got Joseph chiming back in via Humper Chat saying that the Let It Play Out was in reference to Madcap Moss's name change. This time it's a change from a stupid name to an even stupider one. You kept the part that was about the gimmick he shed. I just, I can't get over that like that is just so just let it be it'll be just, and listen 
names change every week. You don't know who's coming in and who's leaving. And Ugh. ain't that the truth? We got the bad one, Jam Beard, closing us out here. If you have any final super chats and humper chats, get them in now because it's one in the morning and we're tired. Uh, the bad one, Jam Beard, saying though that I say have Tanahashi win this back in AW land. I say have Tanahashi win the battle royal, then faces and beats Mox because Mox hasn't. Because hasn't Mox also been asking for a match with Tanahashi also? Probably. It seems like John Moxley wants to fight everybody in Japan. Like, that, that, that's the impression that I get. That would be super fun. That might be why they're... they're even <laughs> Can I tell you something? If this was uh, another uh, company, <laughs> you would have Mox being um, turned into the, into the all-American Mox so he can go fight. Oh, Japan. God. Don't say it. See, now you're banned again for, for a different thing. JB loves saying for someone so completely wrong about smart mark, you fit great, Alex. <laughs> Thanks, JB Love. Oh, that must be huge. It's true. That's how we feel. You know, we came we came back here to let you redeem yourself. After my views don't have not changed about Smart Mark. I still think he was the worst, the possible worst person to put with someone as powerful and as good as Jade. She needs a real mouthpiece. Thank God she has it now. And uh, we look forward to seeing the decline of Smart Mark. And then in about six months, um, he'll be working for GCW or something. My goodness. My goodness. So I'll say this. I didn't initially love the pairing of Jade and Smart Mark. Partly because I just felt like Jade didn't need it. She's super charismatic. She can talk for herself. Um, I didn't think she needed any manager, but Stokely's just such a slam dunk that, of course, you're going to do that, right? Um, but I think that's not a reflection of Smart Mark. And it grew on me when he was, like, getting her those deals and his Instagram's hilarious. Come on. Yeah, he's got the whole angle with Tony Nice. He was doing some legal work for MJF. He's building up quite the legal roster, so I don't want to hear it. He's not going anywhere, but he is exiting the picture from Jade, which I am excited about. I love, I love all this. This is this is cracking me up. This is so much fun. My dog is snoring while I'm lying on the floor of my living room. My dog is literally snoring in the corner too. It's very. Thank fun. you, James. Alexis is shooting tonight. Alexis should stay out and do this more often. Debate me on Smart Mark? No, nah, that's got a shelf life, my friend. But we do so appreciate you joining us. Tune in to Fightful Select um, for Alex's extremely sour version. There's no way it's not going to be all-time sour, like peak sour levels. Uh, that'll be starting very shortly if it didn't already get underway. Tune in to Graph City tomorrow as well. We love the Graph City boys. And, of course, Subscribe to Fightful Select. There's more about the frustration with Thunder Rosa that you can read about. There's constant updates on every story that we can get our hands on. Um, Sasha and Naomi, there's if there's updates, they're going to be found there. MJF's updates, they're going to be found there. Um, see, yeah, Alex is confirming. Fightful Select for all-time sourness. Thank you for confirming that. The final super chat, you're closing us out. Alex is shooting like Paul Heyman at one night stand. Bang, bang, bang. My goodness. Well, you keep making us money and Sean doesn't want to work on Fridays. We'll keep cutting you back. So, <laughs> uh, Tell the good people where they can find you, would you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and you guys can just uh, head over to Instagram and just put Alexis Cardoza, like my little name says here, all together. Yeah. And that's how you're going to find me. And then you could uh, tune into... Uh, Mr. Freddie Prince Jr. every Wednesday. Uh, his last episode's coming up before season two. 
Uh, it's a great one. Ask Freddie Prince Jr. anything, and he gets into it. So that is awesome. Really, really fun. Listen, what you and Freddie have been putting together. Uh, we did have a final humper chat. Heck in a sec in my house. Who let these horny NXT wrestlers in my house this weekend? That's actually a perfect segue to close out me. And I can tell you what I am doing this weekend because, oh, buddy, I've got a lot going on. We've got the In Your House post show that will be here on the Fightful main channel. I'm also doing commentary at Excite Wrestling in Binghamton, New York. Uh, That is my hometown. I'm looking very forward to returning to the desk. And Alex and I will be doing hell in a cell at the pay-per-view post show on uh fightful select on sunday so um if i still have a voice by monday i'm gonna call that a victory but we thank you guys so much for sticking with us this late this was a two-hour post show that's normally me and other alex's call but we had sean in for the first 40 minutes to talk about cm punk we had alex with us thank you so much for joining us have a wonderful and safe weekend we're at Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.